0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, This Thing Called Grief Navigating Life After Loss. I'm your host, Lori Peters. For each episode, I bring my personal and professional experience as a veteran griever and licensed counselor to have meaningful and authentic talks about grief, loss, and life in the wake. I'll be exploring many facets of grief and not sugarcoating anything that I discover. My goal here is to create a safe space to acknowledge, share, and be inspired. I look forward to starting this journey with you. Hi, it's Lori Peters, and you're listening to this week's episode of This Thing Called Grief. I'm a licensed counselor based in Pennsylvania who specializes in grief and loss. So far for the last few weeks, I've been doing a mini series on the holidays and grief. And within that series, I've been focusing on ways to do the bare minimum when it comes to various aspects of holiday observances. Today, my focus is on meal prep and activities, planning those meals and how to handle all those social engagements. Is it possible to do just what you need to do when it comes to this? I would say the answer is yes. It is very possible. But the tricky part here is you have to let go of expectations, your own and those of someone else's. Remember that dealing with grief is a 24 7 endeavor. When that coincides with the holiday season, it kind of creates a perfect storm. It takes every ounce of effort just to get through the busyness that the season brings. And if you let the pressure of the season get to you, you will wind up feeling super depleted, super exhausted, and perhaps physically sick by the time January rolls around. So by letting go those expectations, you're allowing for space to breathe and relax a little bit. Remember that what you do this year doesn't have to be a permanent thing, but at this moment in time, it's the right thing for you. Go with what your body is telling you. So how do you do the bare minimum when it comes to meal planning? Well, here are a few options. Number one, you can pare down your menu. Perhaps that means not making all the various sides but choosing one or two favorites maybe that means using your slow cooker or instapot instead of your oven so you constantly don't have to be checking on the food's progress which is stressful another option here is to delegate 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 i really stress this because it is a great way to do the bare minimum because you're spreading the load among other people. Say, for example, you don't feel like you want to leave anything out. You don't feel comfortable doing that. Well, enlist help. Grab some of those helping hands and delegate cooking tasks to them. Maybe you can make the main dish, the turkey or the ham or what what have you, and then someone else handles all the side dishes or desserts. Don't feel like you need to take on the whole meal by yourself, which involves hours of prep, shopping, making, etc. This option actually is what I chose after my dad died, and it's been a habit ever since. Option number three, you can make it a potluck meal. If you expect company, spread the word and have each person bring an item to make it a potluck meal. That is a great way to reduce the stress and the load during this time. A fourth option here is to get pre-cooked food. I know some of you may balk at this, especially those of you who are used to planning these huge holiday spreads, but remember that you're trying to alleviate the load that comes with grieving and grieving during the holiday season. And again, it's not a change that you have to make permanent. So with this option, you can go to many grocery stores and you can order pre-made side dishes or entire holiday meals. I know that my grocery store does this. And if you want, you can have even all of that delivered. Option number five, you can eat out In my view, this is the ultimate way to scale back by having someone else do all the work. So if you can find a restaurant open at the holidays, consider going out to eat. Or you can order pizza. We have Uber Eats, we have DoorDash, all those things, take advantage of them. So here's how a little bit of how I spent um, that first Christmas after my dad died. It's Christmas day, 2013. And I almost ordered pizza. I was so close. (laughs) Um, I kind of laughed because I'm I'm envisioning my my husband's face when I suggested this. And he said, no, we're not ordering pizza, but we can help you with the meal. So that's what they did. Um, So again, they made the side dishes and I made the Turkey or actually we had ham that year. Um, so I wouldn't be stuck doing everything, but believe me, the temptation to dial dominoes, Papa John's, or what have you, that was real for me. So let's move on to the second part of, um, this episode where we do um, talk about how to handle all those social engagements, how to handle all those activities. Again, an ideal way to approach this is to manage your expectations. Think long and hard about whether this event is something you really want to do, or it's something that you just feel obligated to do so you won't hurt someone else, you won't disappoint someone else. Here are some ways to do the bare minimum when it comes to this. Number one, prioritize and choose only one activity that you can't do without. For many people, going to church is such an activity. Or attending a child's holiday concert that's got to be on the holiday ca- calendar decide what is important to you at that moment in time and plan accordingly option number two if you can't choose just one then pace yourself select one activity to do maybe once a week or maybe once every two weeks I know the holiday season is very short but try to pace yourself because You cannot go to all the activities, all the engagements, and expect to feel like you are rested and you are enjoying the holiday season. And that's really applicable for times and occasions when you're not grieving as well. Number three, select activities that are close to your home. People really underestimate the energy it takes to drive to places, especially at night, and This adds to the fatigue that you're already experiencing from grief. So go easy on yourself and choose events that are close by or better yet, figure out a carpool with someone else, but only, only if you have the space and energy to connect with that person to make those arrangements. Remember, the number one priority here is to watch your energy. How many spoons do you have to give? Option number four, attend an activity online. There are tons of live events that are now held on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Zoom. The options are endless. You're still attending, but you're in the comfort of your own home to do this, and it's a great way to conserve your energy. And number five, the number five option here, the barest of the bare minimum is not doing any activity at all your situation may make this the most ideal option and that is okay i want you to hear me on this it is okay to skip everything don't let someone guilt you into doing something you truly don't want to do or you just don't have the energy to do you can't find it within yourself be mindful however that if you are in a family system, it would be wise to check in with them to see what they want. Work with them to find a way that not only honors yourself and your needs and wants, but theirs too. I say this a lot, but I'll say it again here. Any change you make does not have to be permanent. Please don't think that whatever you do this year has to extend to the following year. The first set of holidays my family and I went through was rough. I'll share a little bit about that here. It was 2013 and none of us were really in the holiday spirit. At that time, my dad and my dad-in-law had died a few months before. My dad died in January of 2013. My father-in-law died at um, at the end of May that year. And a few months after that, my mother-in-law was diagnosed with a terminal illness that she eventually died from in 2014. So, as you can imagine, we were not in a good space at all, and I was looking for the barest of barest minimums to attempt to make the holidays a joyous one. At the time, it was difficult because my kids were fairly young, so I felt obligated as a parent to do the Thanksgiving and Christmas thing. We identify with those holidays, so, I really wanted to honor my grief, but also keep in mind what my children's expectations were. So for Thanksgiving, I made the turkey, but my kids and husband made the sides. You remember my little comment about ordering pizza a few moments ago. I vaguely remember dropping a few of the menu items to make their jobs easier. When it came to activities, we went to church and a holiday concert because my kids were in it, and that was it. Um, We watched a few holiday movies, but really, that was it. Before all these losses, we did Christmas the entire way. Concerts, looking at holiday lights, going to the Nutcracker, dragging the family to the farm to get the holiday tree, you name it, we did it if we were able. But that year, in 2013, all that stopped. And to be honest, we never returned to that level of activity. We have kept our holidays very minimal. I guess you could say our grief made us more mindful and more present about what really is important. And so now we choose only to do something if we feel it would be truly meaningful for us to do. It's an attitude that I now extend to many areas of my life. And with that little story, I'll close out this week's episode. Next time, I will conclude this mini-series within a mini-series by focusing on doing the bare minimum when it comes to gift-giving. So please join me for that episode. Until next time, keep moving forward. I know this time of year is a lot. Keep breathing and take care of yourself.